episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected is brought to you by Bridgeside Medical Clinic, Chesapeake Integrated Behavioral Healthcare, and Edgar Casey's ARE. Now more than ever, we have an opportunity to be a positive force in the world, to help heal the divide, to treat each other and ourselves with respect. But with so many tools out there from meditation to physical training, proper nutrition, therapy, and so many others, we all need a little help navigating all the options. Join us as we share in-depth information, insights, and thought-provoking discussions that will help answer your questions about how to stay calm, cool, and connected during these times. Welcome to Calm, Cool, and Connected, your guidebook to peace of mind. Hello, and welcome to Calm, Cool, and Connected. I'm your host, Dr. Elizabeth Bedrick. The term high-conflict people is used to describe individuals who have a difficult time managing their emotion and thus often engage in behaviors that end up escalating conflict rather than being able to effectively diffuse it or de-escalate it. These individuals often find themselves in situations of disagreement, miscommunication, but also have a hard time recognizing that they're the common denominator. Joining us today is Megan Hunter, CEO and co-founder of High Conflict Institute. Megan is joining us today to help us to better understand these high conflict personalities and tips on how to best navigate these professional relationships. Hi, Megan. Welcome to our show. Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. And I love the title of your show, Calm, Cool, and Connected. Thank you so much. Yes. And probably something you work on when working with high conflict individuals. So Indeed. Before we jump in, tell us a little bit about your background. What, what is it that you do? And especially there at the High Conflict Institute. Yeah, so we have been around for about 15 or 16 years, and really our genesis came from understanding or or recognizing that there was a population in the divorce world that we saw as the high conflict, like high conflict divorcing child custody disputes. And these were really hard on kids. They were hard in the adults. They're hard on the whole system, all the professionals involved. And I just kind of made it my mission to figure out what was driving the the protracted conflicts and just very damaging, damaging conflicts. And I, I came across a guy named Bill Eddy, who had been a therapist back in the day before he became a family law attorney. And he sort of put the pieces together and about understanding what's driving them into this conflict. Like it just seemed very normal and, and necessary for them to be in that conflict. So we started the High Conflict Institute in 2008 to train professionals in family law. And what's happened is it's just grown into every industry sector of society because there are high conflict individuals everywhere. And we just need to know what to do differently with them. So that's our whole focus at at High Conflict Institute. Oh, I love that. So you're coming in, sounds like, for more of a place of sensitivity and understanding versus, you know, you're doing something wrong or criticizing. It's trying to really figure out where they're coming from. How would you describe the, the high conflict personality? What are some of the common attributes of these individuals? Well, it's that it's that one person, you know, you you know, when you're around them, that there's something a little bit different and it may not be so obvious at first, but eventually there's going to be a real intensity to them and to their stories of being a victim. But the primary way you can kind of understand if you're around someone like this is a focus on blame. It's always someone else's fault. The government did this to me. You know, the doctor, it's the doctor's fault. It's the teacher's fault. It's my husband's fault. It's my kid's fault. It's my mother's fault. It's somebody else's fault all the time. And like you said in the intro, they really don't connect the dots back to themselves. And they absolutely don't understand or even recognize that 
the way they operate in the world isn't like everyone else. And so they just feel very much like the world's kind of out to get them. And there's a lot of, for them, it feels like there's a lot of forces from the outside, external forces that are making their lives hard. When things don't go as expected, when things don't go as, as planned, then it's someone else's fault. So that, that's the main one is blame. Okay. Yeah. And, and having a hard time, it sounds like pivoting or adjusting or trying to self-regulate in those moments instead of getting really reactive. What are some of the, the causes maybe, or some of the similarities that you have found maybe in high conflict individuals, backgrounds, maybe upbringings? What are, what do you guys notice there? Such a good question. Well, you know, much of it, I think, is caused from trauma and also some attachment issues, perhaps, you know, in those formative years. And, you know, I think there's there's some evidence of some genetic components as well. And sure. then I think, you know, just role modeling of the people, the important adults in their lives growing up has a lot to do with it. You know, we learn about like one of the key characteristics of the high conflict personality is all or nothing thinking. Very, you know, me versus you, us versus them instead of flexible thinking. And, you know, we can learn those things from our our parents and the important adults in our lives. So all of those things kind of wrapped up together can kind of create this high conflict personality. But I think in a lot of cases, it's trauma. The one last thing I would mention there is that not all of it is trauma. Some of it's like I like to say some are in their in their youth are over are, are underprotected. And some are overprotected and made to feel like, you know, the golden child. And uh, they can really grow up to cause a lot of problems if they haven't had those limits set on them and some realistic expectations that, yeah, I think you're special, but the world isn't going to think you're special. It's, yeah, and those are such great insights as how we would describe somebody even with narcissistic tendencies, right? Which kind of these parallel that, that we talk about, they either were emotionally neglected or they were put on a pedestal and either end of the spectrum is dysfunction. And so they have a hard time understanding how to show up in that middle ground as you're describing. So those are really great insights. At the High Conflict Institute, what do you guys do with this? Are you working with with the high conflict individuals? Are you working with the people who are dealing with the high conflict individuals? What exactly do you guys do? So a little bit of both, but we started with, you know, training the the professionals in the world, the psychologists, the therapists, the lawyers, judges, and then HR and now tribunal judges, customer service, ombudsman. It's just gone on and on and on. Healthcare education, how to deal with this individual, because what we do with everyone else doesn't work with this individual. It's a very opposites world. And so you have to do the opposite of what you feel like doing sometimes, like if you're emotionally hooked and, and what you're used to doing with everyone else, because regular conflict resolution techniques don't work with the high conflict individual. So you have to do something different. So we really, we train a lot about that. And then we also train coaches and counselors how to deal with, to help individuals learn these four big skills in life of managing your emotions, having moderate behaviors, uh, taking responsibility instead of blaming, and having flexible thinking instead of all or nothing. 
So we have a lot of coach, you know, we train a lot of coaches and counselors in, in those methods so they can go help them, help their own clients and people in their world. And then we also do a lot of coaching and consulting as well. And we have a live lab where people can come in. Well, it's, it's not launched yet, but it's, it's almost launched. Anyone can come in to learn how to write what we call a BIF response when you have to respond to that hostile email that's blaming and personal attack filled and how to respond with what we call ear statements, something with empathy, attention and respect, which will de-escalate the person instead of arguing with them and engaging and things. So perfect. So when it comes to that's exactly what I was going to ask in terms of what is maybe even a piece of advice or a tip that you would give to somebody listening and they're just like, oh my gosh, I know, like, I know that high conflict person. What is just a piece of advice you might give on how to start this process? You know, if you're in that relationship and, you know, you're, you're probably feeling very stuck and confused and don't know what to do and probably exhausted by the chaos. So I would say take a, take a breath and remind yourself it's not about you. And then you have to forget about a few things. And one of them is trying to engage and hash it out and ex expect self-awareness in them because it's just not going to happen. And yeah. you're not going to be the one to be able to give that to them. And so you have to learn to manage things a little bit differently. And kind of the first step is, that is the first step really is, is just having that awareness that the things I've been doing just aren't going to work. And it's not about me. I'm not crazy. I'm not a bad person because we often will kind of take that on and absorb it and, and internalize like I've done. This is just crazy making stuff. I've done something wrong. Right. So if you get that out of your head and you realize that, OK, this person is not conflict typical. Sure. And so I have to learn to do something different. I have to adapt because they don't have the ability to adapt. Yes. So so start Definitely. using those little ear statements and things like that. Circle of control is what I often tell my clients, right? That you have to recognize what do you have influence over because you have no control over this person's dysregulation. So I love that. It sounds like similar direction you guys had. Where can people find more about you guys? A website, social media, where can you guys be found? So our website is highconflictinstitute.com. And we also have a, a little website called conflictplaybook.com. And it's sort of under development right now, but it's where individuals can go to get help if you're dealing with someone who is, you know, displaying these high conflict traits, or even if you think you might be a little bit high conflict. And we, we, we have a lot of people that come to us and say, hey, I, this describes me a little bit. What can I do? So we have, we're kind of developing that site. So those are great ways. We're on all the social media platforms, so you can find us anywhere. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here, Megan. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. And thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected. Please make sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram, and also make sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast so that others can discover our content as well. Thank you again for joining us on this episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected.